Hi, and welcome to BTS Podcast. I am your host, Lene Cook. BTS Podcast is all about behind the scenes. It is not about the K-pop band. I am sorry to disappoint you if that's why you're listening. I promise you, though, it's still interesting. I am exploring the behind the scenes of a variety of just different professions, career tracks, organizations, whatever it is that has struck my interest on the particular day. On this episode, I sat down with Chelsea Von Chaz, the founder of Happy Period, to talk to her about what it means to start and run a nonprofit organization. Music on Behind the Scenes Podcast is provided by Benjamin Betherum. You can listen to more of Benjamin Betherum's music at soundcloud.com slash Betherum. That is spelled B-E-T-H-U-R-U-M. I'm super glad to have his music on here. I love what he does. Please do check him out, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, so I am here with Chelsea Von Chaz. Am I saying your name right? Yes. Great. Um, <laughs> you say my name right. I'm so happy. Thanks make, for making sure. Of course. Yeah, it's very important. <laughs> um, we have known each other for several years now, probably yes. five-ish, mm-hmm. six-ish years, mm-hmm. um, through a very close mutual friend. Um, to us both, Brittany, yes. who is amazing. Yes, she is. Uh, Shout out to Brittany. Yeah, thank you, Brittany. Um, I'm very grateful that you brought Chelsea into my life and the amazing work she does. Same here, likewise. Because we hang out, we kick it. You know, like some friends get a little jealous when it's like, wait, I introduce y'all. <laughs> but Brittany's not like that. She's, She's not like, like that. oh, that's tight. Like, y'all hang out. You're like, okay. Which I really appreciate about her. Mm-hmm. And it's genuine. And I don't ever have to worry about that with her, which is nice. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not even a thought of, like, if she's going to be, you know, feel. Because, I mean, I've for context, I've also known Brittany since, like, the first or second grade. Yeah, so, like, like yeah, you've known her way longer than me. I met Brittany in high school. Okay. Middle school or high school. Um. Oh, no, high school. Um, because I went to Canyon. Oh, that's first. right. And then she went to Golden Valley, right? Yeah, and then we met and go to Golden Valley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so just to back up real quick, Chelsea is here today <laughs> because uh, she is awesome and has this really great nonprofit called uh, Happy Period, or is it hashtag Happy Period? Either one, but I mean, Happy Period is Happy Period. Yes. And uh, I wanted her to come on and talk a bit about what it's like starting a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just some of the stuff that she runs into on the behind the scenes of running Happy Period because it is, um, she's very much in the weeds of everything. Mm -hmm. And it has, it's an interesting journey um, how she got there. I saw her speak at an event put on by an organization called Quilt. Yeah. uh, Just a few weeks ago. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me before that to bring her on the podcast. (laughs) So uh, we're here today to talk about happy period um, yes. Ooh, and what I can make you noises. do. <laughs> That's Sorry. okay. It happens. This is why I need this practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, Mike, mindfulness. Right. Um, so could you jump in and start kind of like I know you've told this story a million times. Yeah. You started happy period. Yeah. If you could. All good. Because I think it'd be helpful. Yeah. Um, you could talk about how you got started, and then really what I want to talk about is the nitty gritty of getting it off the ground as a nonprofit. Right. Sure. So, 
I got the idea to start Happy Period when I was driving. I was a wardrobe stylist before, so that was my life, fashion, costuming, in LA. So I was driving to a gig and I'm in the car, got stopped at a um, stoplight, red light, at a, at a major intersection in, in Hollywood, and I noticed this homeless girl um, or homeless woman she's she's going look she looked like she was about the same age as me so i'm about i'm 25 or 26 at the time um because this was just in 2015. so yeah she crosses the street and then um right where she kind of gets in front of me and then she passes by i noticed the period stain on the back of her but and that's something that I know, like I can relate to, like mm-hmm. all of us can relate to. Whether yeah. and it's an accident, it's oop, it's so you know, it's it's degrading. Um, whether we are alone or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was something that really just struck me like lightning because yeah, just looking at her, she was mad, exposed outside and you know, understanding like we're so desensitized to the homeless experience or houseless experience, mm-hmm. um, especially living in major cities like LA. And, um, you know, and I just could see like, oh, that could be me. And this is a relatable situation because, you know, we get our periods and, um, and they just kind of like, you know, it happens. And yeah, it, um, house or no come, house. It's right, happening. right, it's just happening. But just imagining putting uh, myself um, in that mindset, like, damn, like, where am I? Where would I go? What would I do? Who would I talk to? Who would I reach out to? And that is, that's pretty much where the idea came from. So mm-hmm. that came along with mad, like, questions and concerns and emotions. Because I was pretty fired up about it and to the point where I decided to do research and call shelters. And, um, you know, I talked to like a few, well, I talked to one representative of this very, um, this well-known, well-respected shelter in, in L.A. Because I reached out to a couple, but only one of them called me back um, or, you know, replied to my email. So um, when I finally got somebody on the phone, that's when they expressed like all these details. Uh, well, I mean, pretty much because I just asked them like. That's why I'm smiling right like, now because also knowing Chelsea, there's <laughs> no shortage of questions. Yeah, I'm and like, so I'm wait, certain that that person like? did not just relay all this information to you. No, and then you they just into them with she, question after question after question. She she went into detail, but yeah, I had I gave you know I just wanted to know like what do you do or what resources do you have and um, what kind of donations do you you know provide and like is there a protocol do they have to be in a program do y'all just like give out to anybody so you know i just and i'm pretty sure she was annoyed with me but i didn't care um but yeah i mean she but how she the things that she told me which i'm going to share but it's like how she told me and i'm really grateful that she told me told me these specific things in the way that she did because i it may not have i may not have reacted and you know, it just added more fuel to the fire. So she said, um, well, first of all, they're not required to have menstrual products in their budget, like by no means, by law, their bylaws, if they're federally federally funded or not, they're not required as a shelter, even if they house women mm-hmm. um, or people who with periods, girls, teenagers, trans individuals, whatever. 
um, they are not required to allocate their budget by no means to to get menstrual products and they rely on donations Mm -hmm. and they more than likely will you know hire someone which they do hire someone to call out or to ask for donations um and even then you know it'll just become like personal items it's pretty broad donations right absolutely and then she said that um as far as donations go from the public and even corporate private donations when it's not money, you know, if, if it is money, it goes to, like, you know, their bigger bills, their exp- bigger expenses, utilities, and, you know, staffing, and um, budget budgeting for whatever programs they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, so as far as product donations or item itemized donations, they are more than likely to get donations of toothbrushes, toothpaste, and even razor blades for the men to shave with than pads and tampons. So that, to me, that told me, like, okay, well, nobody's even thinking about, you know, providing pads and tampons. Right, which people... are not talking about periods at all. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's funny. I think it was my friend, Jessica... Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Michelle Singleton, the comedian I was telling you about, uh-huh. who I think it was in one of her stand-up sets where I really appreciate because she brought something up I've never thought about, is how people, like, men will always go, like, oh, how dare you, like, bring up your period and stuff. But if you think about it, it's like 20% of our lives after puberty, puberty like, we're on our period. <laughs> right? It's yes. Like, Exactly. So it's pretty. It's a pretty big deal, and when I think about yeah, like, in our lives, for <laughs> not sure. Not that oral hygiene isn't, and that it's not important for mm-hmm. people to stay like you know whether it's like shave, whether we're talking like underarms, legs, mm-hmm. facial, like there's that dignity element that mm-hmm. um, obviously I, I truly do believe everybody deserves. Right. Um, but the like the fact that 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 is percentage of like that is a guaranteed part of life. Yeah. regardless of right like there's some people that don't really grow facial hair it's crazy basically all women have a period yeah i mean it's 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 half of the human population mm-hmm. for sure and then uh, average age we're menstruating from age 11 12 mm-hmm. until age 54 55 um some women even later than that and some women earlier than that but I mean, you get it. It's a long-ass time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's period. a guaranteed part of life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every, every woman um, or every person that menstruates is different as far as their cycle goes. Right. Of course. Um, I just wanted to call out that this is not... Because I, I think it's important for people listening to take a second and realize, like, well, just that it is a guaranteed part yeah. of half of the population's life. Mm-hmm. And so for that to be overlooked on where somebody might be relying for their other necessities like right. food, exactly. toothbrush, toothpaste, those types of mm-hmm. things, um, like, I don't fault people for stealing it. I would steal that <laughs> if I and that's, was in that situation. And it's crazy because, I mean, that is also something that, something that I learned in doing the work is how they manage when they don't have access to it. So, yeah, a lot of times they will go out and steal them, you know, um, and, you know, some of them are making decisions between, like, their diapers for their kid or a box of pads and tampons. 
and then you know getting real thugged out with it using materials that they just lose some for sure should not be using right right old rags and socks clothing like just layering up in clothes and like plastic bags um you know just something to to catch it right yeah it's just and that, I mean it's just what are they supposed to do right, right right like so it's a lot it's a lot of extreme measures that I feel like nobody should no yeah should take that but, it's degrading yeah it is because you also think about their mental health yeah so absolutely. the dignity part and I mean just think about it like anybody who has who's able to wash their ass if you can't wash your ass mm-hmm. like thinking about how you feel knowing that you smell right or knowing like oh honey take a shower or I just feel bad but if you physically feel awful and mentally it's just gonna go down here from there yeah and just having days weeks months of you know and then you're and then on top of that like another layer to the problems that you already got yeah because you are living in your car or sleeping sleeping in your car and or living on, on the, the street, street. yeah uh, staying in a shelter you know um have working job to job and paycheck to paycheck and um you know or on the run like refugee like it's so 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 much that kind of goes into it that people don't think about you know right yeah so then you got fired up yeah yeah i got all got fired up pretty much and got all that information and i just shared it with a bunch of my girlfriends i wrote uh all my girlfriends a a long email and I expressed like what I like how I was feeling and what I was thinking and what I really wanted to do this and I, I was like I can't sleep and it's really bugging me and I want I would like y'all to help me but I just want to share this and I'm really passionate about it and I'm still working though you know in um in fashion so I emailed like a lot of my friends who are for sure like a bunch of creatives and all of them work in different um, industries, but the majority of them work in uh, some type of um, uh, either in the music industry uh, or or movie. Um, and you know, me and my mother were talking about it, so we decided to create. Um, a, in the beginning, it was a project, though. Mm-hmm. So we decided to create um, Happy Period and make it uh, initially like a project that we would work on to basically. Uh, collect, excuse me, collect donations from our network and distribute those donations to people who live on the street and also to shelters that need them. Right. And then, um, so maybe like within two weeks of me seeing the woman crossing the street, like that was when Happy Period like pretty much got started as a project. And then got a bunch of you know donations from my friends and um you know co-workers colleagues everybody and I use social media pretty much to mm-hmm. promote it outside of my circle and ask everybody to, to do the same and um yeah we had the very first happy period event on February 8th 2015 and um that was like maybe the night before we decided to meet kids and distribute the kits that way. And what's in the kit? The kit has um, uh, pads, tampons, liners, wipes, soap, and underwear. Mm-hmm. And um, all donated. All donated. 
and um, we pretty much like just put everything in a bag for them to have. And the purpose of just having everything is because we don't we don't know what each person likes. Yeah. And I, for me, my point with that is not to be like, oh, let's give them everything. But it was more so like, oh, I can get up and go wherever and get what I want yeah, based on like what I like. Yeah. But since we don't know what they like, let's try to give them a little bit of like the basics of what they, you know, so they can pick from. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, uh, soap is never, you know we all love soap (laughs) um and um underwear for sure because i just knew like that's just something they don't get get a lot in donations as well Mm -hmm. Uh, underwear and um pads tampons um which are yet are your number your main like basic period products you know you pick and choose which one um liners is a biggie because which most women use a liner like when she's coming off her period and then wardrobe we use liners a lot like for um for when filming and whoever has on a uh, the client has on a swimsuit right a bikini um so that like protects that area but when you're homeless they actually use liners for a very similar reason because a lot of times where for the most part they do not have clean underwear or they're not able to clean their clothes so right. the liner helps them with underwear. The pants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if they have liners, then they can, you know, continue to reuse their their underwear until they get another pair, or they're able to wash them. And that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, then that's something that someone on the street actually told me that when they asked for asked for liners, and she told me why liners are mm. um, like much needed. Um, beyond their period days. Right. Yeah. So then you distributed these products. Mm-hmm. And then um, I know uh, from what I heard you say at the quilt event that it mm-hmm. went really well. There were women after, yeah. like, when you, I think you came around the next time and you said that someone was like, oh, you just missed me or, like, whatever it might be. Like, it was very much like somebody was, yeah. like, waiting on the So, delivery. I mean, yeah, we decided to do, um, yeah, we decided to distribute uh, kits and we would go out in Skid Row, downtown LA Skid Row, and literally just pass everything out. And what we did was um, um, we would kind of like walk the corners and just pass them out to the ladies. And yeah, the feedback was really amazing because we were the first group to, from what everybody was saying, we were the very first group where we were passing out something so personal. Mm-hmm. It's something that they really, you know, needed. And so um, they were like, yo, like, my period just came. Nobody ever gives us this. We definitely need this. Can I have another bag or can I have another kit? So that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, two, three months of doing that, it just grew and grew. And the feedback just never really changed and to the point where um, someone actually, like, recognized me or recognized another, um, recognized another volunteer and recognized the happy period bag and was like yeah I really need this I was looking forward to y'all because <laughs> because I knew you were going to be giving these away and so I was I so and so the, in that person's mind it's like okay I'm all right because hopefully that group the group will be coming mm-hmm. to pass this out so I was like yeah now I know we can't stop um, right. And it's crazy because even then we were still giving it to shelters. So I was like, yeah, maybe what we gave to the shelter, they already passed out or it just wasn't being distributed property, properly. Right. Yeah. And so then I think 
I guess while we're on the subject of shelters, how do you work with shelters? Because I imagine anybody getting into the space of wanting to help people who are yeah. houseless, yeah. Um, they want to know, like, I mean, my first question would be, how do I work with shelters? And, like, if I'm donating food, yeah. like, how do I find out what they want or need? And, like, if I'm bringing them these foods, how do I make sure whoever's working at the shelter knows what to do with them, right? Yeah, yeah. If, I'm, if I think I'm being a good person by bringing all these fresh fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. but they don't have the capacity to cook or deal with it, yeah, right? Like, just really getting in there and finding out you how know, to work with them. Honestly, okay, so every shelter is fairly available mm-hmm. online via Google search. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even go to womenshelters.org and th- that's literally a website with a full list of shelters. And do you ever use, have you ever heard of 211? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do they provide similar information? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I figured. Um, and I think there's maybe maybe a little bit better, well, not necessarily better, but updated quite more often. Yeah, updated directory. Uh-huh. They have like a pretty mm-hmm. decent like so backbone every, of an organization. Right, so every shelter, you know, you get the phone number, you can do a Google search, you can get their address, so you you're, you can always reach out initially by phone and email if they don't have information on the website as far as like what a list of items that they need as mm-hmm. far as for donations. These are your days to donate, all that stuff. I'm more of a hands-on, getting in your face, let me go see and meet somebody. I'm not shocked by this. I know you're not. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I have to say like I have good relationships with the Union Rescue Mission in LA and mm-hmm. the Midnight Mission because when when we were distributing outside, I would go into the shelter and like I formed a relationship with people that worked there. Mm-hmm. I then secondly, surprisingly, then I formed a relationship with the people that are in the corporate office or in the office Monday through Friday because the people when we distribute on the weekends, there's other folks that right. are there working in the offices. You know, they're closed or everybody that works. You know, as far as the board and executive directors they're not there on the weekends unless there's a special event which is cool and cute but um yeah it's the folks that work there um that are really like you know getting their hands dirty yeah the security um you know the the supervisors that work with the clients or that are doing the work with yeah the, they're doing with the people. work yeah yeah and seeing yeah where like there's holes mm-hmm. and seeing where there's opportunity yeah so i recommend if you really about it and you really want to get real results i think it's more important that you actually go physically go there so they can see that you're serious or you do the work because a lot of a lot of the times when we were doing it you know i didn't ask for permission mm-hmm. i didn't like go in the office and say like Hey, is it okay if we pass these out? You know what I mean? Maybe maybe my volunteers did that, which was nice <laughs> for them to do. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we just showed up and just started passing things out. And then so happily the guard would be there or a supervisor would be there. I'll get their card or I'll get their number. And, you know, and they see us all the time because we do it once a month. Mm-hmm. So you form a friendship and a relationship with the person, you know. Right. Um, if you're lucky, because, I mean, a lot of the times they don't have the same folks working there. Um, it's a revolving door. But, you know, sometimes, yeah. Because one thing I do, I found that they have a lot of shelters, especially in L.A., which I think is really cool, is that they hire a lot of, um, you know, former addicts, 
former, um, you know, folks who have been incarcerated once in life and they mm-hmm. they were living in the shelter or they were in transition and they got on the program and they needed a job and the shelter gave them a job. That is great. So I think like that's also something really like amazing too. how um, they have a lot of um, especially a lot of women who were um, incarcerated once and they've been through that life and they were once homeless or on the run or whatever um, from, you know, just something bad that may have happened in their life and they had to change, you know, or something. Yeah. And and now they're doing amazing work and they're still in it, you know. Yeah, and they're giving other people who may, you know, yeah. be feeling like there's not hope for themselves or not seeing, like, what opportunities, like, yeah. You know, I I think of if I were an addict, right? I would mm-hmm. be like, and then I get clean and do what, right? Because it it does feel like even sometimes if I am ever thinking about changing my life or whatever, any kind of fresh start, even yeah. as somebody who has all their basic needs met, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, and then what, right? Like it's just yeah. the unknown. So I think it's absolutely great for those who are in recovery and, you know, have been through mm-hmm. the program. It's also great for people who are in the, needing the shelter services right. to see that, like, there is a path and that there is help, you know, because if you don't see absolutely. anybody like you, you don't know that that's an option for yeah, you. Yeah, it really is, yeah. And I think that's just so, it's, that's the key to a lot of it because we meet a lot of, uh, folks who it's just it's more of a uh, a chronic situation mm-hmm. than being houseless right or be or you know addiction and yeah yeah it's it's a lot because and also you know the homeless experience is just not this one lane one tunnel thing yeah no there's a multitude of oh, experiences yeah. across oh, cities yeah, yeah. people experiences right absolutely and even the women the people that we serve um, I meet a lot of folks who live in their car. Mm-hmm. They are just houseless. They have jobs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have two full times or two part times, and you know, or go to school at night and work all day and have kids, or you know, or am just couch surfing, sleep in their cars. Um, and and they're not addicts. They're working right <laughs> middle class um, folks, and you know, you know, something happened with the economy, or they got laid off. Like, a lot of outside situations people don't think about. That's why I'm, I tell people all the time, it's like, yo, you could be, like, a few minutes we are all being homeless. I mean, no shade. With when I see the, I don't know um, if any listeners have ever looked at this data, I'm sure I'm citing it incorrectly, but it is something, what? like, I think within our demographic, there's only, like, 5% of people. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that I was gonna do that. I, um, <laughs> there was a sound, and I it sounded like a uh, like when you spin something. Yeah. And it stops, and I was I was like, well, what could be moving? It's just the two of us in this room. I'm oh, sorry, God, I, I didn't know the vibrator was off. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> no, you're fine. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, that so many people our age have so little savings and so much debt that if you think about it, like. Most of us, if we don't have our, if we don't have a strong support system in our family, right? Like if our parents right. aren't in a position to bail us out, or we're too prideful to ask them, or whatever our situations situations may be, most of us are like one medical bill away, right? Mm-hmm. Like one medical bill. Oh yeah, bill I, know, away. I know what you're talking about. Like yeah. if I were to, I think about it. Like if I were to not have 
parents that I could go like, hey, could I move in with you because I'm mm-hmm. losing my apartment? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> and luckily, I mean, I have really great friends, but if you were to remove those factors, yeah, and I were to, then it's like, what would you do? Right. If I were to get fired tomorrow, which means I couldn't get unemployment, um, and then break a wrist, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Like even, and I'm somebody who. I'm a crazy person in comparison to most people. Like, I am not comfortable ever unless I have, like, six months of savings at all times. Mm, okay. Just in case of emergency. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's just how I was raised. And like, that's real talk. You, you know, you don't go out to eat. You don't yeah. do that. You, like, save money because, you know, you never know. Make smart decisions. Yeah. But what twist of know. fate may happen. And so it's a real... It's a, and I have several friends who <clears throat> they have jobs at agencies or are doing consulting work for, mm-hmm. like, real, you know, sometimes even, like, Fortune 500 businesses and their clients or their employer has no idea that they're actually living out of their car mm-hmm. um, because they just got in that situation or they live in a city where it's really expensive or, yeah. you know, they and have, you have a roommate And you have to maintain bail. and keep that job yeah. to get yourself out of that hole. Absolutely. So yeah. it's not... I know it seems to a lot of people like, oh, that could never be me or that could never be anybody I know. What? But I, Please. Yeah, I know. Agreed. But I think when we talk about houseless people, mm-hmm. there's a lot of unseen houseless people right. that aren't getting counted because of the, the framework that people have in their mind that, oh, that is only for people who are addicts are mentally unstable mm-hmm. and they've made a bunch of bad choices which is how they ended up on the street right which is not accurate it's not the case especially i mean from doing the work and uh getting being able to have relationships with a lot of these folks that we that we help um i mean yeah i kind of i i would say i've seen both sides to it absolutely yeah and um it's opened my eyes to a sense where i've made mad like changes and decisions on my nonprofit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I'm not at the point where we are, you know, um, over five hundred thousand a year, or we're, right. we're federally funded, and um, you know, we have these really amazing, like a lineup of programs. Um, but I'm really happy that I'm still under my five year mark, where I'm actually able, and it's and it's and it's mine, so I can make like certain, right. I can make these decisions. To change it or to just you know adapt a little bit based what on kind what kind of adaptations have you made based on what you've learned? Oh man, like um, like being more exclusive, in- inclusive for one. Um, in terms of because you mentioned earlier when you talked about like trans folks and when you say yeah, houseless yeah. versus homeless, yeah, because kind of I and I know like I say women first just because like I identify as a woman and I'm just so used to like this. I have this really tight circle of a lot of. Uh, women around me and it's just a really high female energy around me so make no mistake that's really why I say women first and then I like to mention yeah trans individuals people with periods people who menstruate whether they say that non-binary queer um unicorn live your life whatever you identify as but yeah you have a period and not every shelter is going to you know be happy to take you or welcome you well especially if you're trans and you're in like a a men's Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then where, right? Like, I imagine that's such a tricky, and you still don't have the funds to go out and buy your own supplies. Exactly. But your trans so, haven't gone right. through those surgeries. Well, I'm thinking of, a, so basically, like, I was, we were distributing one time um, during a volunteer event, and I got, um, yeah, an individual came up to me and basically told me that this shelter was giving them a hard time because they no longer 
verbally, you know, identify as a woman and then they, they're always, but by their looks, they're always confusing people and it's bringing a lot of host, uh, hostility with other guests or clients and staff. So they prefer if they go to an LGBTQIA-based center or centered shelter mm-hmm. or transition or access center because of all of this that's going on with them. So it kind of makes it hard for them to um, get peer products. And then they're also kind of outed right. from asking for it, especially yeah. if they're at that type of, if they're at a women's shelter or a men's shelter. So it's, you know, and then, um, yeah, so that woke me up. And then, um, and also woke me up to shelters too, because a lot of times they're not always right or doing the right work. Um, and um, yeah, something else with a lot of the women saying, a lot of the, a lot of the folks saying about when um, they don't want to be at shelters because they are, they feel like really just extremely vulnerable. Like they're already vulnerable. They're already out here on the streets. They're already living in a car. But when they're at a shelter, it's a horrible experience. So I meet a lot of folks who, who, who um, the ones that sleep in their car, they always say, no, we don't do this shelter because we got attacked or somebody, you know, grabbed us, my shit got stolen, um, mm-hmm. um, the bathrooms are co-ed, they don't separate, you know, men and the women or whatever, um, you know, so they they fear being sexually assaulted. Yeah. Sometimes they are sexually assaulted. Um, they wouldn't take my kids. I have a son. They wouldn't take my 14-year-old son. Wow. Like, crazy stuff. So I'm like, uh, we have to do something about this yeah. because, but it's like, it's also frustrating, frustrating because it's like, well, what can I do besides curse out the, the superintendent at the show? <laughs> which is not Very going productive. To, which is not going to go anywhere. But I mean, I mean, sometimes it does because not everybody else knows, you know, well, I'm, you're also, you're also somebody in a position of power in terms of like, you're not houseless, right? Like you're probably yeah, one of the yeah. few people who's talking back to them who's not houseless and is also doing similar work yeah so you have more of a peer like type Mm -hmm. of relationship where you can go in and say something like that because a volunteer they still technically report up to them right like that's the organization right exactly you do what you do what you're told you know as opposed to like me like or happy period we we have our own lane and this is what we do and we're we're coming into your lane to serve and to to support it's, you, to but support also, you. We, you guys want to support people doing the right thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to be transparent on, you know, what can we do to to help each other, you know, and this is the problem. So, like, from that, um, I want to, uh, I've already planned, like, a new program to possibly provide showers because showers is another issue that comes out from right. shelters too because they're they're at capacity, they're, it's, 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 super crowded um access centers just not you know just not being able to make a lot of things happen all the time every day so um yeah i'm thinking like we what we really want i'm thinking to to be able to like to be able to have a way where i can support um both sides and um you know add another solution to the problem for everybody like that would be that would be awesome. So yeah, happy period in the future. Um, it includes a mobile shower system. That's awesome. 
um, where it's um, a mobile shower trailer or a bus mm-hmm. with like full bathrooms and um, so folks will be able to not only get personal care items but they'll be able to take um, a shower and have a bathroom to them to themselves for at least 20 minutes. That's awesome. Um, and we'll, you know, pull up and support shelters and um, access centers for sure, because there's a few of those in L.A. County, mm-hmm. too. Um, that They don't, of course, like house anyone, but they're able, you know, to make sure folks get cleaned up and get a hot meal or get clothes and all that. That's awesome. So... You'd mentioned you're not federally funded. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about funding and how you yeah, get, yeah. How you get funding? Um, I, I think, you know, the, the process of becoming a nonprofit is, um, oh, yeah. as you mentioned, rigorous. <laughs> I also think that's something um, just so that we can make sure we're making yeah. good use of, like, your time uh, and listener's time. That's something that's mm-hmm. fairly searchable. Yeah. Is that process? Um, are there any nuggets that you feel would be helpful for anyone who's trying to seek um, 501c3 status? I mean, yeah, we can break it down a little bit because, um, yeah, there's, there's yeah, 501c3 status. If you know that's what you want to do, then you need to stick within, stick within that box. Um, I hate to use that word because I'm always like, people say, think outside the box. But me, I'm, I'm more so, okay, get rid of the fucking box. Like don't even think out because you think outside of something you still have that grid of something that's there yeah no get rid of the box um but however in with the 501c3 yeah you definitely need to know your rights i guess that's really more so what i mean um yeah uh because you're it's going to be a lot of things that go away for you because you're not for profit and then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you may gain because you are a nonprofit. Uh, funding is for sure. Um, it's it's an uh, eternal challenge. So how do you? <laughs> so for somebody on the outside, right? Because yeah. so uh, this has become such a huge part of Chelsea's life that she does yeah, yeah. this full time. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously, your organization needs funding. Yeah. You obviously also have bills, and you know, if a nonprofit were to hire you, they mm-hmm. would still pay you, right? Exactly. So like. Um, anybody who's listening to something and going like, oh, well, this person, whether it's Chelsea or somebody else or whatever, and you're going, oh, well, they started a nonprofit and they're getting paid for it. Yeah. Like, yes, because a nonprofit would also they hire make money. people. Yeah. Like, they they make money. They're just not for profit. Yeah. And they need people to do the work. And if you want good people working, you should pay those people. Absolutely. So, yes. like... That's, like, my main frustration, though. <laughs> with, yeah, because people feel like, oh, like, you're such, you know, you're so earthy and hippie and you're for the people. You're like Michael Jackson, all oh, we are the world. And I'm like, no, pay me. You have right. to pay me, you know what I mean? Like, um, like nobody's taking her big heart for her rent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish they would, child. Can you imagine? Like, oh, my goodness. I have a man by now. <laughs> no, for real, seriously. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, all the way down to to the basics. Like, it's a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is a business. I never thought of Happy Period as not being a business. Like, I'm always thinking of it as a business. I'm in the business of helping people. I'm also trying, like, indirectly, I'm in the poverty business or the poverty industry because that's really what it is. That's, like, 80% of nonprofits, aids, um, government agencies, that's that's the industry that we're in. And it's a multi-billion dollar 
industry, honestly. So um, yeah, funding from grants to generating revenue Mm -hmm. Um, because people automatically think with nonprofits like, oh, you can get grants, you get grants, you can get grants with small businesses and for profits too. Um, With nonprofits though, like money is just not going to, money can fall out of the sky. That's the cool thing about having a nonprofit. Money can actually just fall out of the sky. It's yours because you're a nonprofit. Whoever's giving it to you, that's a tax write-off for them, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a foundation or a corporate donation or a personal um, donor. Um, Which, if you're listening, feel free to hop online. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There is a support section. Yes, yes. Of the website where people can just go on support. Yeah, like with Happy Period, um, hashtag happyperiod.org. You can donate um, on our website. You can donate on our throughout our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, It all supports the the initiative. And, um, yeah, every nonprofit organization pretty much just, you know, that's the blood of the... There's the ongoing support, right? right? But then you also, in terms, I imagine that on your end, applying for grants and funding takes a significant amount of time. Oh, absolutely. It's a full, that's a full-time, that's the full-time job part because Mm -hmm. until you're, until you can afford a grant writer, Mm because people are like, oh, get a grant writer, get a grant writer. Easier said than done. But it's like, I know nonprofits that actually went bankrupt because their grant writers was taking all their money or they kept paying the grant writer to write the grant, but they wasn't getting successful grants. And 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 in your particular situation, even if somebody, I mean, obviously I imagine a volunteer grand writer oh, if yeah. they're really good would be welcome yeah but because it's such a tight and small and fresh organization mm-hmm. i also imagine as the founder you want to be very close to those applications to make oh, sure the for message sure. is concise and have a little bit of oversight there yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. oh for oh for sure and then it's like i even i push to step outside of the writing grant like because a lot of the grants, like you write them, and it's very, it's 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 super formal. It's like applying and, for college. And standard, I yeah, yeah. Like scholarship money, right? It's a pain. Absolutely, it's it's insane. Um, so I'm always pushing for phone interviews. I'm always pushing for in person meetings. What do you mean by like, pushing? So like you'll apply, and you'll be like, "How can we talk about this more?" Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, if they call me and they, you know, most of the time they'll just send you a funky ass email saying no thanks or we didn't you didn't match or whatever they never send you something that will tell you exactly why you didn't get it they'll just you know if you didn't get if they're interested somebody will more than likely will call you or email you set up a call and so that pretty much is just your that's your interview process you know Mm -hmm. um and then a lot of times when I do interviews and it's not me writing a grant but I'm doing an interview like asking for money but I'm not directly asking you like you know for money in a sense where I'm just but it's just it's my pitch yeah you know like all of that it's just it's a in my mind it's an opportunity to get funding 24 7 yeah like every single social media post every single um you know talk like what I did at quilt um just all my opportunities is just a time for me to like try to get money for my company yeah I don't look at it no different than somebody trying to you know raise capital for a startup because that's really what I am they can they separate nonprofits and startups but if you run your nonprofit that's under five years old like a startup I think you're 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 okay you know what's the five-year mark what does that mean um, well, for me, when I look at five years, I'm, I'm going off of just like a few of things, a few things that I read like in the beginning about how, um, you know, uh, I think it's like three out of five 
businesses for profit and nonprofit fail within their first three years mm-hmm. and then you know um i think it's like in the first five years then like another like half of that that survive half of that amount they're gone mm-hmm. by year five with nonprofits, um most of them just dissolve they dissolve within 10 years meaning because mm-hmm. you know they just they just stop like you know they don't file their paperwork again to be legit or you know to for the work to continue yeah um so it just dissolves and um yeah and that's like within the first within 10 years um five years they tend to just you know lose their nonprofit status because they just you know don't submit the paperwork out of the fact of like they just didn't make any money Mm -hmm. um or they Mm -hmm. they didn't secure any funding and therefore they're just not doing the work but most people do tend to keep just a nonprofit like because you can keep a nonprofit just to satisfy and afloat without even making any money and just be like having doing as a project is totally fine you know um just like with the business, you can have a business license and not really make any sales. You can just have a license yeah. there if you do, you know, a permit, a, a working permit to be able just to just do case. business, just in case. Yeah, so that's, with a nonprofit, it's the same thing. You can you can still have your status and not be doing shit, but we're, that's really, that's not, I didn't go through that whole process to just have it as like, oh, this is cute, I have a charity, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, um, it's kind of like switched where they make they become famous or celebrities or well-known people they get charities later like right. when they can you know get started but i have a charity first <laughs> and then i'm like i'm gonna do my other stuff later uh-huh. but i'm still running this and thinking of this as a business it's not it's not separate for me mm-hmm. you know and maybe someone out there like it's they uh, disagree or it's just that's not how they think of it but for me it's like no i mean that's how my mind is wired folks. yeah exactly (laughs) different strokes exactly um okay that's super helpful and then so right now like what what is most of your like what do you say that you do with a lot of your time like what are the things that you're juggling running this Um, yeah and then also where do you feel like you could use the most help like what are some of the things that you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god if we only had enough funding or oh my goodness if we could just get this one part like Ooh, Those back up. Ooh, back sorry, up. Sorry, I, we I can do we'll first all first. night. All night. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, I feel you. So, so yeah, we're... I'm... I'm really big into original content. Mm-hmm. So, when I first started Happy Period and, like, after we wrote the bylaws and we, um, we like, you know, started reaching out for um, getting grants and all of that, and I had to figure out like the branding and the marketing and all of that. I just always looked at my media first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of just, and that's, I'm a creative, so that's, for me, that was the, not just the easiest part, but just the fun part, right. obviously. And um, you, you, as a creative person, when it's yours, you also want to look good and sound right. Right, right. And be, show up a specific way, because if you're, yeah. if you're going to have eyeballs on it, you want to make sure whatever you're putting out there is working hard for your... Right, day. absolutely. And I think this is the reason why we got press before we got funding, because I was, I mean, we're, we're really social media heavy. And your messaging is succinct and clear, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, 
there's a oh, lot okay. of nonprofits out there who are doing good work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it doesn't have the kind of like heavy hitting like very clear concise message and also mm-hmm. differentiator yeah. because there's so many I mean there's incredible nonprofits out there um, I think like Starfish Impact who's mm-hmm. doing really great work um, educating like women and then also like supporting their culture and and doing all of these things however that's like a more nuanced approach to go like we're taking a 360 degree approach to educating um, like women in rural communities in Guatemala yeah and then empowering them to teach and educate their own community so they have right, like, right. this financial like all of that is so much more and people are like well why do I need to support these women in Guadalupe like you know what I mean there's uh-huh. all that stuff in, in people's minds Yeah. but when you can go hey here's this thing you never thought of homeless women have periods too what are they doing about it right right you have that benefit of like um kind of a it's not a redundant message mm-hmm. you know you, it's definitely a differentiator in terms of your goal yeah um, there's an actionable thing that is like you can activate a community to go like oh here's what we can do to help you our money is not going to waste yeah right because it's literally your deliverable is just buying it's not a nuanced approach you don't need to like build out an educational plan you don't need to like no I really feel for people who are like doing recovery programs and educational programs because Mm -hmm. everybody has their own point of view of what success looks like like whether you're taking yeah there's too many options for people to get caught up um in how you get to the goal versus yeah. your goal is and like, they kind of lose interest by right. that point exactly like i can bring you yeah. a box of tampons and i know that those tampons will go to women who need tampons yeah it's whoever very, wants them this is for you right yeah and i think about even like food banks i'm always like okay oh yeah but then bring them healthy food and then how long is it in this food bank before it gets to people and mm-hmm. like how do we like do this in a in a positive way yeah. that we're not just giving people a bunch of starches and sugar? Exactly, and so, you know what? Yeah. And that's when initially um, when deciding like our mission, and everything, because we're because we're two pronged. So yeah, the first one thing is the act the uh, the activism, the um, uh, the volunteer aspect of it. So telling folks in. Who, who have an interest that want to get involved is like, you don't have to ask us for permission. Mm-hmm. I asked no one for permission to get started and to do mm-hmm. it. So I want you to do the same to do the same thing. If you're interested, you go out, buy an extra box, and donate it to just your local shelter. Just take it to some people. Yeah, just yeah. take it to someone. And it's it's still our initiative. You're doing it. You're doing the happy period initiative. You're carrying out the mission. Like, it's just, it's that simple for you. You mm-hmm. can be, and that's, that's what it means to be a happy period and back in general having so that I did not know oh yeah yeah so it's like with the volunteer with the volunteer event coming out we are doing this um, ambassador program which is pretty it's very simple as far as the like the first program that we kind of created out of going out to Skid Row every Mm -hmm. month Um, because I started traveling and I would do volunteer events in other other cities and um, and yeah, and I would leave I and pretty much just set one up thing. in Seattle, and we could have done that here. We could still do that. You leave in the morning. Oh well, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. It. I am happy. Uh, yes. Yeah. I there's a I'm in a group artist for progress here. I'm sure we could organize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Oh, for sure. Effective like, and also very visually appealing. Donation drives. I'm telling you, it's all about the work. Donation drives, collecting um, menstrual products, um, disposable and reusable 
products, connecting mm. with a shelter or access center. You decide who you want to give it to. You could change it every month. You know, um, reaching out to schools because there are some homeless families, homeless yeah. students, and you know, folks going to school and they're in a situation at home. Um, and um, yeah, because it's not just houseless. You know, it's also like just low income or yeah. displaced for whatever reason. Um, and the and the other prong is, um, I, yeah, I mean, part of our mission is eliminating the stigma and reshaping the outlook of periods. And by that, that's why that's why we're so social media heavy because we're using content. And, you like my puns? <laughs> I do. Heavy flow of social media content. Yes. Yes. <laughs> super like but no seriously so that's what I'm getting back to like in the beginning that's what I was thinking of like to give folks attention mm -hmm. and to get, make sure the message was clear and also uh, relatable and you know and just a reflection of me to be honest yeah a, a clear reflection of me and who I am that's why when I have my um, um, and sometimes I had I had a, a, an intern and another person who does social media like kind of go through my Instagram account um, when I was like oh my goodness I can't do this Instagram um, but I was like yo I do not talk to folks like we are robots or machines right or it's a generic email do the captions talk like because yeah. if I do it use it's, emojis it's, use emojis hey girl hey boy bye whatever use this like how I normally Be talk a human how you normally talk to your to your girlfriends yeah so that was that's um you know for me it just it made the most sense so trying to do what other everybody else was doing I was like nah I don't want to do that because we're not we don't do the same thing right you know um and that's super important for now when it comes to as far as like the content what I'm getting back to like creating original content, having these conversations or encouraging people to really have conversations about their period. So that's why we do, like, the, we post period art and we post, um, uh, like, these kind of, like, educational, um, uh, uh, like, I guess, educational posts about certain topics around your period. And we talk about um, just different things that we usually do not wouldn't dare to talk about surrounding yeah. our period from right. period sex, period poops, cramping. You period don't hats. really. I what? I need to make sure. I'm Yo, gonna, I'm gonna like engage a bunch with your a bunch with your content so it shows up in my feed more. <laughs> and also just uh, for listeners, the Instagram mm -hmm. is we are happy period. Is yes, that correct? we are happy period on Instagram. Um, Which is literally the words we are, are happy, happy period. period. Yes, like, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Yes, those yes. exact words. So it's like now, um, up until recently, now I run the account like almost like a personal account because I just can't. I don't think I can survive with multiple Instagram accounts or just social media accounts in general. Mm -hmm. So we use our social media. Like we use uh, each platform a little differently. Um, but I, IG is like our number. Our number. Yeah. One, well, that's um, where people. Source. That's where like yeah people our age are. Oh, for sure. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely... And it's my favorite. It's, it's my favorite. It's accessible. It's easy. It's yeah. not as... Yeah, it's... it's You're doing the right thing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Because I'm like, it's it's a lot. Um, oh, man. But it's 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 working. It's worked so well. And that's how we're, we've been able to build the audience and 
uh, the followers. So um, media was always my first thing um, yeah. as far as the branding and the marketing aspect of it. Which I do want to pause there because I um, think that for you, it's perfect. However, what I would never want is for somebody who is not um, like creative and marketing savvy yeah. to then not do the work because they're like, oh, but I don't have my yeah. social media or like do the work. Like with this, I mean, to be quite frank with this podcast, typically three years ago, I would have been like so precious and been like, I'm not releasing this until I have a website. <laughs> yeah. And like, I would have been yeah. so uptight and Mm-hmm. You know, after listening, I listened to, I produced a podcast, which is why I started listening to podcasts because okay. I wanted to understand better different options of the format and ways yeah. that you could do different things. And in that, I've yeah, discovered a be, lot of really sure incredible podcasts. Together. Totally. Yeah. And in some of them that I've listened to with people I really respect, and um, Aisha Tyler probably has one of my favorite podcasts that I've oh, yeah? listened to. It's incredible. And I think she stopped doing it, but I still paid the, like, the $50 or whatever on <laughs> Libsyn to like get the app to get access to all of the episodes because it's that good and she talks about it on her podcast sometimes but then she was on the tim ferris podcast um where she also spoke about it about just like being okay that like doing something is working towards doing yeah. like whatever your perfect ideal thing is yeah and that it doesn't all need to be perfect and buttoned up on your first mm-hmm. go and i know that's held me back from doing a lot of things i want out of life absolutely going like oh i'm not going to pursue like i think about even something as whatever and like yeah as acting right like oh i'm not going to pursue acting until i'm like mm-hmm. super stoked on how i look right and then i was like oh well you're never like just do it who cares you know and like it's the same thing with this podcast like I'm probably going to have this podcast it's gonna go live in the Mm -hmm. next few weeks but like website wise I'm probably gonna have it redirect to just like a google docs page or like something (laughs) something like very simple that does not require heavy lifting on my end because people look up a People look at a website. Just keep it you and just make yeah. it simple. You don't need to have all the strings and no. bells. And you don't need whistles. to hire a web designer. You don't need to hire really a don't. photographer. But you think, I think because Instagram, Instagram for sure, social media gives us so much pressure yeah. to, for it, for us to have just our shit together visually and yes. like the whole fake it till you make it thing. And it's like, nah, that doesn't work for everybody. And you're going to get it's exposed. It's not good for everybody. And it's not going to feel it's good. It's not healthy. For me, in the beginning, um, it was so much to do to become a 501c3 paperwork-wise. So making sure all of that was in order, mm-hmm. making sure, um, you know, we, we did everything, we met our deadlines, and we paid for um, all the all the fees on time. And once we got that out the way, we were approved, and it's like, okay. But I tell people, like, to mention this for sure, at no point did we stop doing the work just because right. we were not a 501c3 right. yet. You can still, I still help got people don- without being yeah, I still got donations. We still That's got letters. nice people do. Yeah. <laughs> Go help like, people. We yeah, I'm like we we were still doing the work, you know. We, I was still figuring out like what's the logo gonna look like, and you mm-hmm. know, um, like what are we gonna add chocolate or you know, like what what am I gonna oh, put adorable. on Twitter and whatever. Like we were still figuring it out. Then. So then, how do you how do you do your like business and forward planning? Like how do you work that out? I know you've mentioned mm-hmm. before that you. Um, have a mentor and you're looking to build out different mentors yeah how do you do your like planning of like here's what I need to do like in the next month here's what I need Mm -hmm. to do by end of year like 
what does that look like for you? How do you map that out? Who do you work with on that? Well, okay, I definitely have a to-do list and a to-be list of just things like right now because I'm, I'm for sure a more in-the-moment person. Yes. And then um, so any goals that I have for in the future, it's always about like, okay, let me write this down. Let me have this. Let me, let me just do like a little cute-ass guesstimate of six months or a year. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I would like. Um, and yeah, like my mentor, at the, well, because I've never really had an official Mentor. I just talked to a woman with the SBA. I mean, what is an official mentor? You know what I mean? Like, like nobody has said, I want to take you under my wing and make you my muse or whatever and just, like, lay it off for you. You're going to spend, like, this amount of days with me and I'm going to always follow up with you. I don't have that. that. I always, like, I always, I would always, like, just hit her up and, because this was after I went to, like, because I went to a class for business, I went to another what class. Well, you went to that small business thing. Yeah, the SBA. Um, I think good gave, for people to know which the SBA is the small business the small business administration, which everybody has access to. Yes, it's like government funded. Um, it's a website sba.org, I believe, and yeah, they have a small section for nonprofits. This woman um, um, I met um, who was an instruct- instructor, and she's um, she works in. I think her department is actually like, um, and she's an investor, if I'm not mistaken now, but at the time um, she was helping nonprofits and for-profits raise capital. So with the SBA, she pretty much worked as um, an, like, an instructor to give, um, she gave seminars on uh, business plans. Mm-hmm. So I've already like been through this through college. And so, but I was like, no, I'm gonna do this again with happy period because you're doing the business plan for a nonprofit. Um, yeah, so I went through that and then her and I just kind of kept in touch and I told her like, and I think she also kept in touch with me, touch with me because I was the only one that had a nonprofit in mind, mm-hmm. not a for-profit. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I help nonprofits too. Um, this is what she would do. And she was like, but you know, all of this I'm telling you is online. She was like, now you're ready to like, really like get down to how you can get to some really you know, folks with, you know, bigger wallets and you want to do your uh, business credit, build your credit and all that, then, you know, hit me up. And of course, like all of these are outside the SBA, you know. So she was not necessarily like a personal, you know, mentor. And I haven't talked to her in a while, but that's someone I can like email and call her and just ask her a question and she'll, you know, answer it. And then she's definitely referred people to me and all that stuff. And she's for sure like, you know, nominated me for grants and awards and stuff like that. That's so amazing. that's pretty. Yeah, she's she's tight. She's pretty amazing. So I, yeah, I'm. Um, oh, I lost track of the other part of your question because I know I, mm, I answered half of it. Me too. It's all good. <laughs> no, I'm like we figured it out. It's all good. We're no, gonna, I think we're gonna we get did, through this because it's good. We talked about a lot of your day to day. We talked yeah. about your business planning. Yeah. I do want to call out that you mentioned your to do and to be list. Oh yeah, I know yeah. what that means. But yeah, you I think do. It's helpful for other people. Yes, because uh, being an entrepreneur can be lonely as fuck, and um, yeah, extremely time consuming. I I would say I'm pretty focused because I eliminated a lot of things in life to just stay focused, and um, yeah, and then I um, you know started a few things um, like therapy being one of them. Um, I started therapy with, a, well, I have a new life coach slash therapist that I got in the beginning of when I first started Happy Period. So yeah, we do this, um, um, I have a to-do list and I have a to-be list. 
So to-do list, pretty simple, pretty standard. You, um, I write all the things that I have to do, and it can be a personal to-do list mm-hmm. or a professional one. So I'll right. break down like my professional one. So my professional one, like if it's um, uh, double check expense budget, have a meeting with this ambassador, call this person, yada yada. My to be list is I'm writing down really how do I want to be when I'm handling this. Like how do you show up? Yeah. Right. What's my intention? Yeah. Um, what am I going through emotionally <laughs> while I'm trying to handle this in this moment? Because I can you give us some examples? At, oh, for of sure. Your favorite to be. Oh, um, like for a happy period, and then if I did a because I do person again, personal and professional. Mm-hmm. So like my professional to be list for happy period would be to be impactful, to be mm-hmm. empowering, to be uh, straightforward, to be effective. Like you know what I mean? Right. Really big things, but yeah. at the same time, it's like that helps me as far as a focus yeah. you know what I mean to some people it's like and self-awareness yeah for sure that's like, that's what it was like yeah. that was the main purpose like with um, uh, my life coach basically saying like just helping you be self-aware like you know checking yourself like wait because of course when you're when you're a CEO when you're handling your business it's all on you and you have to you know work with different people but it's like a lot of times when things don't go your way or you're, there's some conflicts with other folks and, you know, your business is booming and you, you get busy, yeah. you're going to have to take moments where you're checking yourself like, wait, okay, am I doing something wrong? Am yeah. I fucking up here? And how can I be better? How can I be better? And, yeah, let me figure this out. You know what I mean? So that's the whole point of that. I recommend that to everybody because every, we're so into, like, if you're into journaling, for sure do that. Um... Um, we're always so caught up in like to-do lists. I write everything down. The biggest lie I tell myself is, I'm gonna remember this. <laughs> I could. I'm gonna remember Not that. identify with I'll, that. I'll remember. Nope, you're lying to yourself. So I write I write everything down. Like there's, there's ideas, things I have up my sleeve for happy period and myself like for future business that I, I just write it down. I know I'll get back to it later. You know, I just write it all down. Like, I have to, or my brain will explode. It really will. <laughs> I know the feeling. It would just really and the be bad. frustration when you know that at some point you had a good idea, and then you Ooh. can't remember it. I'm like, yo. Oh, my God. I have ripped. I cannot I tell you how many times I have ripped apart my apartment yeah. looking for which notebook or which receipt did I write that thing down. Yeah. I have to go back to, so I have my mail sent to, like, a, U, a UPS store, basically. Uh-huh. So it's basically like a P.O. box. And I went there one day, and I'm very terrible at checking my mail. Um, oh, yeah. And I went there one day to pick up my mail. And in it, I noticed, like, my electric bill was out. And I was like, who opened up my stuff and went through my electric bill? Which I'm terrible about paying. I pay my electric bill, like, every four months. Like, I just am like... I mean, they never turn it off, so who cares? Word. Um, and... I went live, by the way. Oh, God. Oh, my God, you did? Yes. Chelsea, why did you not tell me? I literally just did it, and I was she like, oh, wait, there's actually, there's actually people and there. And apparently people have been watching oh, my hair. Wow, I've really been... I love your haircut. Well, I have a tendency to pull out it when I've been thinking a lot, and I think oh, I was doing that before you got stuff. here, so I think it's a bit, you know, <laughs> swervy right now. You're fine. But, um, 
I was going through my mail and I'm looking at it and I'm wondering like why did they open up my electric bill and um, I realized it was not my electric bill I had used my electric bill as my to-do list <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, thank goodness. I couldn't remember for the last week all these things on this list I needed to do that I've been looking everywhere. Yeah, Mind insane. you, I still did not pay my electric bill. Oh, my God. But at least I found my to-do list. So I think... You're so busy. <laughs> and your brain just all is scatterbrained. And I'm you get some better. of the best ideas when you don't have time to put those ideas in. Like, it, yeah. you know, like you get those really good ideas when you don't have time. I write myself emails and I'll mm-hmm, I label me them. Too. Like when I'm thinking of things to write for stand-up comedy or when I think of a business yes. thing. I literally write myself an email, and if it's a comedy thing, it starts with LOL, so I can search it in my email. Yeah. If it's a business thing, I just type in business strategy idea concept for money right. so that I can literally search my email for any of those words before getting to it. Yeah. Because I think part of knowing thyself is knowing mm-hmm. your weaknesses. Mine are remembering things and losing credit cards, so I keep like seven credit cards scattered around every bag I own. <laughs> Because I know I'm gonna Whatever you gotta do to make yourself better, to get stronger, to get through this. So I think from there, let me think, we covered how you got started, we covered like your day to day, how you get funding, what that looks like, where you see yourself going. Is there anything that you feel like um, you would go through all of this? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I guess so. We're we're an effective people, we're being impactful, right? Yes, absolutely. so and more opportunities come out of like for when it comes to funding mm-hmm. um a lot of stuff has come to me just because of happy period so like speaking engagements that's mm-hmm. another way that i make money oh and that's something i didn't yeah yeah okay and good. that's something that i didn't think about in the beginning at all you know it genuinely did not really occur to me that most that pe- people mm-hmm. i guess it didn't really occur to me that a people who get paid to speak are often or that people who are speaking are being paid to speak mm-hmm. I also didn't realize that some and it makes me feel like a jerk that I'm not offering this to people but I didn't realize what? that some podcast people pay their guests to be on their podcast yeah which sorry I know I get it but I think but yeah because <laughs> you're not getting paid for it's, this it's, sorry, getting, sorry. it's getting to that point where yeah because they want certain people on it and everybody's an influencer or right. well known something something I guess no, not really especially but. when it's like a company it makes sense to me you know like when yeah. I look at like Dell has a podcast yeah they should be paying I mean guests. yeah you want to pay people for their for their time of course and I'm for sh- I'd, and if well, I had budget I would I'd yeah just, yeah and I, I'm the same way like when we have to hire independent contractors to do things for mm-hmm. happy period yeah I'm always about trying to make sure everybody you know they make their money and yeah. I'm, I'm the same same way I don't come if I'm not making money I don't come outside if happy period well, thank you for joining us there, so. <laughs> I made my generous. money earlier so I was already outside thank you for your donation to it's the okay. behind the scenes BTS yeah. I'm like if there's if there's really no benefit like to be outside if it's not a networking opportunity and, and it's like and, and I hate that word too like networking opportunity oh my goodness no um, it just makes me think of like those really terrible like uh, mixers that you go to where everyone needs a job. Yeah. You know, like you go and everybody's like poor. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. Desperately, please somebody hire me. Yeah. I don't know. If it's not fulfilling. Yeah. It's not mutually beneficial. Yeah. Like if I'm not contributing and also receiving. Yeah. I don't see the point. Yeah, then I'm like, I'm not I'm not going. Like it has to we gotta to make better moves for yeah. for the company. Or make me laugh. You know, come on, make me laugh. either educate me or make me laugh. Feed me, yeah, that works too. Yeah, uh, good food. <laughs> um, so then, 
what was I? I was thinking of something. I don't want to lose track. How, no oh, how do people? Because part of the reason, obviously, I'm having people on here is I also want to have people on here where listeners can think of how to, um, like, especially in your situation, right, where somebody's going, oh, that's so interesting. Uh-huh. Like, how can we make sure that our company activity is supporting Happy Period? How can I yeah. personally get involved? Um, I know you mentioned the ambassador program where you go out yeah. and, like, you... Uh, support yeah, like, it, local shelters with yeah. feminine supplies presumably also feel if you feel compelled to share a photo of that and do hashtag happy period mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. helps support it. what else could people do who are listening to support what you do um even like company brand level now we do these um like happy period packing parties volunteer mm-hmm. opportunities or volunteer events at um at workspaces. Awesome. Workplaces. Um, startups oh, I love to, to watch big. men squirm when they have to. <laughs> Ooh, what a treat. Yes, have the fellows pack in the kits and, um, yeah, and, like, educating them and answering questions. Yeah. A lot of times they do have questions and, you know, they're like, damn, that's crazy. Um, you know, they're like, obviously I never thought about this, but I'm a wife. I have a sister. You know, <laughs> but which is cool. I always laugh and you know because I love it because we're having a conversation and you know some and they're talking about how they can talk to their sons or their daughters Mm -hmm. um so yeah a lot more comes out of that than just you know packing the the kids but I for sure want to get more companies involved to do um to do more activities around volunteering in the office space or just encouraging that yeah Um, I love that Ooh, yeah, I should yeah. encourage. I might encourage this company to do that. I mean, for sure, whatever you want to do, like, and then that also gives opportunity if they want to donate or they mm-hmm. want to, you know, the company um, wants to donate in a different way, whether it's a monetary donation, private donation, or mm-hmm. have an event where there it's centered around um, a marginalized group or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely get in touch with us because we do that now. Um, we even we've done like private volunteer kind of packing parties at people's houses. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you can get involved uh, by just reaching out to us on social media website. I should make we, everyone do that for my birthday. Had, yeah. I've had a woman, she hit me up. Um, she had everybody uh, for her bridal shower, everybody donated a box of tampons. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, oh and my they God, packed that's them. so good. Yeah, and they packed them up and donated them all to um, to a shelter. Like, that's what she wants to do for her activity. That's very for cool. For her bridal shower. That is, I, I thought that was cute. I would take that over one of those terrible bridal. Bridal, like, with the with the balloons and the cake Ugh. and the tears. Or the baby the shower, then, all of that. I can't handle it. Yeah. That is not my part. I mean, it's, so sh- it's for the, for the gram. That's really all it's for. Because it's not for the baby or for you or know, for, your husband. Yeah, no, it's certainly not that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever you want to do, but I, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, it's cool to do that, like for your birthday yeah. or whatever it is. I um, like that a lot. Yeah, we're, um, we have merch, so um, like our official and t-shirt. Please do look up their merch because their merch <laughs> is awesome. Stickers, shirts, totes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, is that um, right? pins. Yes. And um, yeah, it's for sure like happy period to the fillers our t-shirt is hello i'm menstruating it's like our number love one it. selling item the pins are pretty popular now yeah too. and, and yeah. all of it is it's all to help with the mission like you know which is so great i love start it. the conversation thank you um so to end this this is a question i'm asking every guest okay. so the theme of the podcast is behind the scenes right so it's all mm-hmm. about like the work that goes on behind the scenes the people behind the scenes and like 
Um, even down to I'm having some guests on that talk about resourcing like raw materials so like where Mm -hmm. aluminum comes from and like how it gets from you know where we take it from to a format and things like that so this is just to set you up for like kind of the options or whatever you want Mm -hmm. what is like either an organization or like a product or whatever like what is a final kind of product that you would like to see the behind the scenes of whether that's a human like whatever, anything you like. What are you like? Oh my god, how does that work? Or where what? does it come from? Sorry to bring really? on the spot. Oh my goodness, I don't know. And I've always been so curious about these things. I'm trying to think of one that I haven't seen on TV mm-hmm. already. Like, because there's definitely been moments where I have I didn't think about something, then I saw it on Vice, and I'm like, oh okay, that's interesting. <laughs> how that's made or how that I love it but it's on Vice yeah I, I love Vice yo Vice holler at me for sure you never know who's listening noted actually because they they so. literally they have really great content but they have not had I feel like they would dig me because I want something centered around periods like I want my own like segment or show surrounding menstruation like I want it to be partially educational and then like highlighting what's going on with toxic shock syndrome and new period products yeah. and how they're made and all the organic cotton how that industry's coming yeah, up which is menstrual cups fascinating yeah traveling to places where women like you know they have to go um outside mm-hmm. and sleep because they have their period or they can't go to school so yeah like it's so much that happens within i feel like vice would handle that for sure anyway um damn okay wait describe it again I'm really trying to, like, think. Do you want some examples of things that I've written down for myself? Yeah. Like, I'm very interested. um, Actually, Pod Save the People did an episode on this about, like, where our police policies come from by city. Uh Um, I'm interested in, like, how propositions, especially from, like, a city level, Mm -hmm. um, how those get put on, like, a voter ballot and how they come to be. Mm -hmm. um, Because we see that end result. But then on the other side, like, my friend Matt, he's on the he's a guest on the podcast also he's a music supervisor so like all of the work like flashy non-flashy the thinking the budgeting that goes in behind he's a music supervisor for broad city so like everything he has to do to do his job um uh karen okonkwo was on from um tonal which is are you familiar with them they do like um stock photography that emphasizes diversity um, and it's called Tunnel? Tonal, like T-O-N-L. Tonal, okay. Um, and she was like, oh, I want to see like the behind the scenes of Oprah, which I was like, oh, that's... Because obviously the hope yeah. is that then I'll use people's like what they wanted to see and then go. And I was like, oh, are you really? You want... Oprah, that's kind of a tall order. But that's I guess we can... It's a great one for sure. Yeah. I mean, like what else did any of us do at 3 p.m. when we got home from school? Can it's it like, be something from the past? Sure. Don't say Red and Stimpy. Or do no. not be a fun rabbit hole. <laughs> that would be. I would but not love really to find the pervy stoners of <laughs> Red and Stimpy um, and get them on the show. Damn. That's but, like, fair. don't make me struggle with someone who's dead. Well. Or fine, do. It's, because it's okay. I really can't think of, because I'm like, the stuff that interests me, I for sure, I don't, I don't think I know everything about it or the behind the scenes of like every aspect of uh-huh. it. But it's like, uh, I'm either I'm not that interested or it kind of stops. But I, I tend to, <laughs> I tend to go down a rabbit hole of a lot of random shit. 
I don't doubt it. I would like, love to see your YouTube just, watch history. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm we'll, gonna look we'll it up right after yes. this. Yes, we'll get into it. It's, it's find your profile. It's so and interesting. See how many 9/11 conspiracy videos <laughs> you've spent your time. Yo, how never. many fur industry videos? Nah, no, not even. But but that's still though. You like, know what I mean? It's a. It's but when a, I when I'm interested, I I tend to dig fairly deep and then I'm, until, I'm, until I'm satisfied the I'm way like, okay. that you interviewed those that woman managing the shelter oh yeah yeah with your questions just I know I annoyed the fuck out of her she was probably like girl get off she's getting paid the same and she'd be, if it wasn't you she'd be annoyed with people some people yeah. are just gonna be annoyed yeah which is fine I mean I, I get it I my job comes with my career what I do like is some things that I don't want to do and I'm like annoyed by it by it but um, okay, so like, because when you're describing this, I'm like, really, what do I have a curiosity about? Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I really want to know the behind the scenes of like what happened, even though I could have some type of idea, mm-hmm. but really just like how did how did this person like deal? Oh, so a fun guessing game. Here I am thinking about. <laughs> I'm looking at you. So uh, Chelsea has these really great like, nails on right now. I'm looking at your nails. Deal. Like, wait, I should have somebody on to talk about color and how we how yeah. like the chemistry behind nail and paint like car paint and stuff and how that comes to life so which is interesting because like i took color theory in college yes so that's how it's like fascinating which is so yeah but the chemicals that make those like i'm so interested i don't know about yeah i don't know about as far as the chemicals okay what were you gonna say i'm sorry oh um yeah so i think about it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's fine um, so no, I always get asked like who inspires you or who's your idol or who who's who motivates like for the most part it's always like who who's your inspirational like idol and I always I'm like I grew up I never had one like my yeah. mom my mom's the shit to me but she's just my she's like God to me that's so that's nice, different Chelsea. like both of my parents for sure is like y'all are God that's, that's lovely it. however it's like so when I think idol I'm not really thinking you know what I'm saying right like, um. But up until, like, being an adult, like, since I'm, you know, like, high school, college, and figured out and just realized, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, I've always been mad fascinated by Madam C.J. Walker, who is dead, but super fascinated because she was the first black female millionaire and the first black millionaire, period, in the late 1800s. Now, mm-hmm. I was always like, how the fuck did she do that at that time? And her legacy is still like impactful today, even mm-hmm. even though she's gone, and did not have. I mean, she had just one daughter, um, and a lot of family members left. Um, where she left a lot of uh, a lot of as far as her legacy. Uh huh. Um, so I'm always mentioning because people are like, I have to or educate. Her bloodline, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I always have to mention like who she was mm-hmm. or who she is, and what she did. Um, when it comes to especially nowadays when I see like the wig industry is so big and um, hair extension industry is so big among um, hair care among African-American women and we're never really like giving the recognition of how we changed the game when it came to hair care and natural hair care so that's how that's who she was as far as like how she became a millionaire but I've always been curious about like how did she actually like do it under the amount of stress that she possibly was under. You want me to find her therapist? Yes. Great, great granddaughter. Yes. And be like, did your family ever talk Man. about it? 
I want to know because I'm always because I'm always tripping over like what helps me with my anxiety like running a business and uh-huh. um, just outside of the to-do list and the to-be list is just remembering all the people that came before me and all the shit they had to deal with so it's like okay I have nothing to complain about Mm -hmm. and then another part of that is like thinking about all the things that I claim or I feel like I need in order to make this machine running right she had none of that she had no iPhone no iPad no Apple nothing no Wi-Fi yeah no no one setting the precedent either for having all that no huh there wasn't the precedent set of meeting that right no competitively competitively no it was just word of mouth her network her church members, her her congregation, uh, the neighborhood, the community, um, you know, and I was, so I'm always tripping over like, oh my god, if I lost my computer, oh my god, if I didn't have right. this data, oh if I didn't have this thumb drive, oh if I lost my phone, oh my goodness, the stress, if my passwords all got like hacked into, oh I'll be under this, and then so much we that we rely on because of technology. So yeah, see rabbit hole. I'm always thinking about, like, how did she do it? How did she do it? I found a book, finally, that I think I'm going to... I know I'm going to order off of Amazon. That's supposedly... Because she never wrote anything down mm-hmm. as far as, like, oh, this is my... Um, this like, is memoir my life. or yeah. something. Yeah. It was always other people kind of telling her story. I think... But this book that I found, um, I heard about, she... Uh, someone told me about she... I guess there were certain notes and, like, things handed down to where they can break down, like, exactly what she did because something that I took from from what I do know um, about how she was able to get other women like kind of Mary Kay style mm-hmm. you sell my products you get a percentage and you go throughout the community and you make money so she was able she actually like enlisted women as ambassadors for yeah. Madam CJ Walker Beauty and they sold products they made a percentage and they all kept it within like the community and she was able to give them jobs and support them. And then, then came the factories and she all started from making all these beauty products, which a lot of us get started at home <laughs> with small home businesses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's just, I'm just more so curious about just the spirituality aspect of it and yeah, her mental, how that really like happened under that amount of stress in, in that time, so. I know that's probably a weird one. It's not but weird. But I can think of that. I really that's can like think of That's like a very human, you know, I think that's that's like, great. I just, uh, girl, how did you handle your mental health? That's all I want to know. You had no vibrator, no, like, <laughs> you had no weed. Not she probably didn't have no I weed. expected as your, like, oh my goodness. as how you deal with I'm telling you, I always think about all the things I think I need and what I, you know, to to survive in 2018 and Mm -hmm. have this this business. But it's like, yo, I I don't know. So, um, oh, I see. That's funny. I think of another one. Oh, I found that's hilarious. Will this be more attainable? No, no, no. But I I think I will take that as a note because I do think there is something to be said about somebody who especially as a woman of color is the first person in a specific position that that requires dealing with people like how did you handle that pressure of being of having all that money at that time and you're black and people and and so like did people look at her like she was a fucking like Mm -hmm. like alien you know what I mean like or did she have to take care of the whole hood 
Like, was everybody, was it like a, the lottery effect? Like, that's kind of what I want to know, like, on yeah. top of that. And, like, how she she was able to deal with that. Because when you mentioned the girl saying, like, the behind the scenes of Oprah, I always think about how Oprah, like, says that she gives people a little bit of advice based on, well, I guess advice about if you when you're the first person in your family to have money or to make mm-hmm. money and then you know folks who first get money they blow it because they don't know what to do with it and then right. and she tends to give folks advice about you know just managing managing that part of it and you to know? your point about handling handling money when you're the only person who looks the way that you do yeah. with money I think about this a lot actually when it comes to um celebrity in general yeah yeah when people like i look at what's been going on with kanye right Mm -hmm. and i and i think about it and i'm like if you're in this position where you have so much money yeah the the way that people treat you is absolutely you have no idea if it's genuine you have no idea like Mm -hmm. so i almost wonder sometimes if there's um if there's actually more similarity, like it comes full circle in what happens mentally to somebody when they are houseless and perceived as like crazy, right? Uh-huh. And how people ignore them and how that can impact your mental health when people ignore yeah. you all day long and won't make eye contact with you and won't give you like even just humanity. Yeah. If, if the chemical reaction may not be that dissimilar from what it's like when everybody around you is for sure treating you differently because you're the most successful person that they know right. you have the most to offer. And it makes me go like, like you hear about celebrities. I mean, my, I just know growing up all the time you hear about celebrities like, oh, they just go to the Dalai Lama for like, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but at that point, if you're that successful and that famous, right? Mm-hmm. Like who else do you go to whose opinion you could really respect? Yeah. Because somebody tells you something you don't want to hear you could, you know, tell them, like, well, like, you know, fuck off. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like, your opinion doesn't matter to me. So I think about when you're in that position, what that must do to somebody's mental health. Mm-hmm. To be going through normal people stuff, right? Like, yeah. in Kanye's particular situation, losing his mother. Yeah. And, like, just the stuff that we all go through, of like, losing people we love, heartbreak, whatever. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's in the, I mean, by no means, I'm like, I still am, like, horrified by a lot of his behavior the things that he's saying yeah you know him jim carrey like i think but about you're their, compassionate enough to where you're thinking about like i'm just thinking through what that must be like when mm-hmm. you're like you yeah. know everybody around you is treating you differently you don't know what's yeah. real you don't and where do you go from there right like what is your I'm, uh, yeah and i believe i believe in past trauma most people don't because how, how do anybody like, not believe in that? It's yeah, not a, but some people don't. Some people don't take it. Take That's it like being like, I don't believe in this table because I just don't. Yo, but some people don't take it to account of like, okay, you dealing with your mama's trauma and your daddy's trauma and your grandma's trauma and your great grandma's trauma. It's not three generations. It's not like mama's trauma. And so, like, therefore, like people don't think about like, oh, post-traumatic slave syndrome and the type of trauma that like all of us through generations, 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 generations have been passed through, and we never got fucking layered therapy. on top of yes whatever. Right, like there's the yeah. post-traumatic slave trauma yeah. layered on top of whatever that next generation mm-hmm. is facing, layered and layered and layered. With no therapy, just a whole bunch of pray it away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. Which is, um, oh yeah. So that's why I'm like spirit, spirit, the behind the scenes of the spirit of the mind. Like, how right. are you able to deal with that on top of the bullshit that society and the world 
yeah serving you that makes you a know? lot of sense like that's just really interesting and it's just i don't know i just really am interested in how people were able to especially her Madam cj walker able to get through to get through that um oh i thought of another the other one that i thought of mm-hmm. is a little bit more personal so i found out that one of my uh and i'm i'm laughing so hard um, no, you're mind. not. You're grinning. I'm laughing you're because because when somebody told when one of my family members told my my cousin Kayla when she told me this, I was like, damn, that makes sense. I was like, oh, I'm oh, so no, interested. I I wish I could ask her. Well, we were looking up our fa- we were doing a family tree and we were looking up a lot of stuff. We uh-huh. found out a lot of cool shit. So the coolest shit that they told me that we found out um, on my father's side, my great grandma, um, her name's Daisy May. Um, uh, my granddad's uh, amazing like mother and I actually I have a picture I remember sitting on her lap too That's so I have awesome. a picture of her yeah I met both of my great grandparents um, both sets both sides so mm-hmm. it was really cool but yeah I remember her and I have pictures of her me sitting on her lap and like her holding me um, but she ran a brothel back in the day and I was like girl uh, oh that's so tight I was like yo and my cousin was like that's weird. My uncle was like, Why yeah, that's that so weird. weird oh, that you think that's, that's tight. That's amazing. How could I that was be like, weird? yo, like, she ran a whole house. That's fucking insane. But I was like, I'm so interested. How did she manage to do that? And in that in that time, like, in uh, the, um, uh, uh, from the 20s to the 50s? Oh, so in, like, the, pre- I mean, during the... The prohibition which what better yeah, time to absolutely yeah yeah and like in alabama and all the way up into like the l- late 50s wow oh late so 50s. like a full career this was not yeah like that's a that was five or ten years this was like no that was her thing like she ran it she retired like no like boozing um, that's incredible like all of that but that's what the thing like hero. we just we just know a little snippet of it like we're just kind of still it's just hard to because you know i can't remember ever like well i I can imagine like fixing my mouth to ask her this if i was old enough to ask her but now i would definitely ask because i want to know everything like how why why did you make the decision um how did you get started in this what's your husband think what does your husband think? Especially in that age. And we're, we're, we're still, like, church, yeah, we're like, still trying to, like, figure it out. Because my granddad, I mean, all the men on that side of family come from, like, a long history of being in the, art, the service, military. So, Air Force. Built-in customers. Yeah, for sure. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's crazy. So, yeah, she did that. And and I'm still trying to, like, figure out. I was like, oh, that's so, um, that's so crazy. I was like, she was an entrepreneur. Well, that makes sense where I get it from. Yeah. So, yeah, things like that, I think, is really just I'm more into the history of people yeah, and how they were able to, like, deal and maintain and what yes. led them to this decision. And yeah, that is truly, I mean, part of my goal, if I had to distill down like goals for this podcast mm-hmm. is truly um, humanizing success and making people yeah. see that, like you know, their dreams and what they want out of life are achievable yeah. by humanizing people who are being successful in their yeah. field. Um, and then also just like the, the yeah. human stories that go behind what we see as a final product, you know, because we get things like I look at, like even this microphone that we're recording on, mm-hmm. right? Like there were decades of technology development that went into making like a smaller microphone like this. Yeah. Like where all of this actual hardware comes from, 
um, things like that. And like, that is somebody's legacy, right? Like somebody, right, right. somebody's grandfather worked on whatever technology allowed mm-hmm. this to be so condensed. Somebody else developed like a rounded mic head instead of a square one. And like, yeah, there's all of this stuff that goes into everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And I think to respect people and to respect their trades and whatever that is, we need to be able to express, exp- what's the word? Respect. I was also going to say <laughs> respect the output um, and to make smart consumer choices. We need to be able yeah. to understand the stories of where things come from. Like if people could understand um, like the, con- the impact that is made when you drive your same car for 10 years versus going, Hey, I'm going to be more, more like green and buy a Tesla. Like that's actually not more green because you're mm-hmm. encouraging the production of yeah. like, this net new thing that needs to be made. Gotcha. So, like, yeah. I'm very interested in the human element of, like, humanizing success, humanizing, like, the labor that goes into what we receive mm-hmm. as, like, oh, that's so great that this exists to, like, provide tampons for women. But, like, that's yeah. somebody's blood, sweat, and tears going into making that happen. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, just reminded me. I'm a, I actually thought about, like, how all the women that, like, really had to go through the shit and with their bodies and their minds and sacrificing themselves to have fucking pap smears when pap smears were just kind of, oh, like, coming wow. into effect. The experimental, the beta spatulas. Pap smears. Yeah. yeah. With, like, because now the pap smear spatula things are, yeah, like, it's this hardly a spatula, it's like a stir stick. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the old school shit, like, oh, I'm going to... Wow. Which I, I know, I know, like, horrible stories about, like, all of the experiments um, on, um, on slaves and then Absolutely. women after that with like for sure like all the the medical representation was just all men the whole medical yeah. industry was just all men handling that um so yeah i'm always thinking about like all of the just all the bodies that had to go through a lot of things in order to be able to like get it right yeah or get us to this point yeah you know what i mean it's astonishing yeah because i know i hate where it is now i hate it i don't like past years oh they don't bother yeah. Well, I'm, for sure, for sure, like just people. Relax. Yeah, I'm like relax. It doesn't bother you, but I'm still like, oh, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. There's want to do it. the yeah. whole process. I don't like in general. Like I just don't like. Like I feel like you need to spend some time with me, and get to know me before you tell me to open my legs and put my legs on hmm. these damn stands. No. I feel like I time is money, and I'm not trying to spend more time with the gynecologist. <laughs> no, you should just be more special. I'm sorry. With the gynecologist. Yeah. Whoever it is, it shouldn't just be like, oh, I'm a gynecologist. No, you should be like a special motherfucker to be able to look at me I this see way. Like, no. like how I, when I go to the store and know what I want, I'm like, <laughs> no, I came here specifically for this item. I'm here to get it and leave. I don't need to wait yeah. in your cold waiting room for 10 minutes. Ugh. We don't need to have a conversation. You already mm-hmm. have my information. It's on the paperwork. Yeah. You're here to take a sample and be done. Good day. Man. No. I'll teach their own. I'm sure your gynecologist likes you better because you want to chat. And I'm like, can we just speed through this process? I I don't really. I have plans. I don't want to chat as much, but I think it's more so just the whole, the process. The bedside manner. Just me being comfortable Mm -hmm. and actually forming a relationship with you, like something long term, as opposed to just being so in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah, very transactional. Yeah, it's just. It's mm. ridiculous, but that has a lot more to do with just the now whole you're making me want to talk to a gynecologist industry. So that girl Jessica that I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. uh, she I couldn't remember what hers was when I was giving you examples. And I was oh like, yeah, 
hers was she wanted she wants me to interview a funeral home director, which I think will be fascinating. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you just because I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I interviewed like people who run like a gynecologist office, right? And what kind of stuff? And like people who, especially because I'm pretty sure doctors, like lawyers, have to go through ongoing training. These people yeah. are probably getting listening eventually. Probably very annoyed at this long. But too bad. <laughs> Turn it off then. Uh, go to the next episode. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, because um, I'm like we're just vibing. The because things. attorneys have to go through ongoing education. Yes. Presumably, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Hopefully, doctors do too. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in people who have to do that education for doctors, right? On like the ongoing education. Is there ongoing education for bedside manner? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Somebody write and tell us. I um, don't know at yeah. all. Ooh, I never thought of that. Indeed. Um, all right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was insanely awesome, and I really appreciate. Thanks you for having me. Your time. Yeah, this was fun. Happily, um, when you're back in Seattle, let's organize something. Yes, I love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to BTS podcast. If you like the sound of what happy period does, which I cannot imagine not liking what happy period does, the work they do is really incredible. It is super easy, as Chelsea mentioned, to get involved yourself. You can organize a happy period event and supply women in your area with the products that they need. I am always super interested to know what listeners are interested in hearing about. So if there's something specific that you'd like me to explore, or if you can help me dive into Chelsea's request, please do reach out and let me know. I would really love to make that happen. You can reach me via Twitter or Instagram at at Lene Cook, that's spelled L-Y-N-A-E, Cook, C-O-O-K. 